Equality of educational opportunity has long been a stated goal of education in this province. The polka dot door, the polka dot door, let's peep through the polka dot door. Good evening ladies and gentlemen and welcome once again to Saturday Night at the Movies. My name is Elwi Yost. Today's special, shout it loud and clear, today's special. Ontario is a massive province. Heck, the riding of Kenora is almost the same size as Germany. But most of our media are concentrated in the capital city. As much as some folks in Toronto like to think that it is, it's actually not the center of the universe, which is why TVO has always tried to tell stories from all parts of the province. Former chair and CEO Isabel Bassett saw that as a huge part of her mission. During her tenure from 1999 to 2005, she recognized the importance of our programs reflecting all Ontarians and pushed TVO to tell those stories. Today, on TVO at 50, she joins us to discuss her time at the Provincial Broadcaster and what she learned. It's good to hear your voice again. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Steve. How are you doing? Not bad at all. Not bad at all. I do want to start by taking you back, believe it or not, more than 20 years here. I want to go back to uh, a night that at the time you probably thought was a really lousy night, but as it happens, it turned out okay. We're talking June 1999. You're a cabinet minister in Mike Harris's government. You're running for re-election in the Toronto riding of St. Paul's, and you lose. You lost to Michael Bryant. And I want to know how long after election night did the notion of becoming the next head of TVO come to you? Well, that is taking me back. I remember that night, certainly. Uh, uh, well, it wasn't that long, was it, when you think about it? Uh, probably a few a couple of months. I had always been interested in television. I had been a teacher. I taught at uh, Humberside High School. And, uh, of course, I'd been on television doing a show for CFTO for years. So. And I was interested in children, so I thought of TVO that way. And also I had run into Bill Davis when I was the minister a lot, and I knew what he was trying to do was TVO, which I loved, by the way. So it wasn't hard to sort of want to take charge. Also, there were people that were you'd meet when you were out who said they were thinking of buying TVO, and that to me was a horror, not because of the person, but because we'd lose it to the province. Well, so hold off on that thought. I, I want to come back to that issue of privatization. But I remember election night very well because, uh, of course, I was anchoring TVO's coverage that night. And when I saw the res results come in in St. Paul's, I, th I, I think I literally said, I see Isabel Bassett has lost in St. Paul's. She used to work in broadcasting. She was a minister of culture. Uh, Peter Herndorf is about to leave as our chair and CEO. I wonder if she's going to be the next CEO. Now, did any of that speculation get back to you? Because I was speculating it about it that very night. No, you're smarter than I am. Nothing got back to me about that. But people did begin, begin saying afterwards, what are you going to do? And think of this. And wasn't I lucky? Because I loved it there. When you eventually did get the job, one of the things that the, the government of the day, this is still the Mike Harris government, one of the things they said was they wanted a quote-unquote refocused TVO. And when you took over the job, what did you interpret that to mean? What did they want? I think what they wanted was very clear to me 
to get the message out to the people that what Bill Davis had started as a, a sort of an adjunct to the, our education in Ontario and uh, issues of interest to Ontarians uh, as part of TVO, that that be, you know, burnished and brought forward. Because over the years, although we had very good leaders, uh, it had sometimes wandered into being more, in my view, a little more like CBC, which is equally good, but it looks at the whole country. And I wanted, and they wanted to focus on what things meant to Ontarians and certainly education. So that's what they wanted. And I think, I think that was my main aim all the time. Then how do you get that message out to uh, everybody? I want to ask you about what was one of the most unique times in TVO history. And that is after Mike Harris retired from politics, Ernie Eves became the new premier of the province, and his being elevated to that role had the potential to really complicate your life because, of course, he, he was and is your life partner. And I wonder whether it ever became awkward or sticky for the two of you to have him as premier and you as chair and CEO of TVO at the same time. I can't really remember that it ever was. I, I certainly agree with what you say. It doesn't seem good. It was good because I was there and we were doing well. But uh, Ernie was so busy, as you know, with so many issues then, looking at what he wanted to do with this and that. And uh, so he was focusing on that and not really thinking about TVO, uh, other than if I would ask something. But I don't remember ever asking for anything, to do anything. So I don't, to answer your question, Steve, it wasn't an issue. And then I, I, I certainly do believe that it does help that if the, uh, the head of uh, TVO is, has good links with the government of the day, it's a bonus. And I think that's one of the reasons probably that they put in somebody that the Liberal government wanted in. And uh, I appreciate that. That's, You're saying that's after your second to, term expired? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, you, know, you and I have never talked about this before, but I think this might be fun to get into right now. Did, did you ever have an issue that was a problem at TVO where one night you come to Ernie and say, I need your help on something, darling? No, I never had an issue. Hmm. It was, I had great, first of all, I had great people working with me, like Lee Robach I had been running as interim until I was put in. She's brilliant, really nice and smart, and has the same kind of ideas. And uh, then uh, at TFO, which isn't with you now, but it was the French network, Claudette Paquin, whom I put in, who was absolutely marvelous and made huge gains and advances for Francophone Ontarians at TFO. And uh, that was a, you know, and it, we all worked together. So I didn't really have to ask for many things. I don't think I asked for anything. I think it just went along. Well, if you don't mind, I'll share a little story with you because this used to happen to me quite frequently back in the day when, when you know, Ernie was premier and you were running TVO. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we covered his government a lot, obviously, on yeah. Studio Two and on Fourth Reading. And we did often feature guests who were quite, quite critical of Premier Eves. 
But, and I, this is the part that I tell people all the time, to your everlasting credit, you never once approached me and said, hey, Steve, can't you lay off Ernie a little bit? Or are you, you guys are being a little bit too tough on Ernie. Or, now, what I want to know all these years later is, did you, have to, did you ever have to bite your tongue a lot in those days when talking to me? No, no, never. I always admired you. I'm not just saying that because we're on the show. But you know that. I've always thought you've done a great job. No, I didn't. And that wasn't the role. I understand totally that you've got to keep a division between what the news is and the political. All I would want, I think I said to somebody once, we should have balance. So if you had somebody in that was screaming at you know the government of the day and you didn't have somebody the next day, which you always did, that would at least answer. Uh, I think I said once. I think I did interfere once. I called your boss, but not about you. It was the show, and this leads to something that I was really keen about at TFO, at TVO, was uh, because I was, I'd been at the hospital a lot visiting somebody, and all the doctors were Chinese. And we, you were doing a thing on heart medicine, and everybody was white Anglo-Saxon doctors, which is fine. But it wasn't what I was seeing at the hospitals in Toronto, which led me and just reinforced my view that it, TVO had to show that it represented all the people. It had to have diversity and not just diversity in terms of, you know, where people came from and different, uh, <clears throat> but you had to have like wheelchair, uh, you know, people with physical challenges. We tried to do that. Uh, that was very important to me. And I did not just in TV, uh, on the air, but the magazine, I remember one woman who brought the magazine, which we published every month, I guess, and everybody in it was white. All the little children were white. And nobody that I knew in any of the schools had schools that were like that. And I said, you know, what's happening? And then I realized we had to step in at the top and make a policy that everything had to talk to all the people and it had to show them were they fat, thin, brown, black, polka dot, whatever. Everybody had to be represented so Ontarians could realize this is us. And I think that was a, a big focus of what I wanted to do. Let me follow up on that because I find that fascinating from, from this standpoint. And yes, I, I definitely remember uh, the word coming down that, yes, come on, we've got to get our guests uh, looking like and being representative of the province that we serve. So I, I well remember that good advice that you did bring down. I've, I, I must confess to some fascination. You, you grew up in the Maritimes, Isabel McDonald. I mean, it doesn't come much waspier than that. And, That's right. And, and yet you have this sensibility of somebody, um, you know, which is not at all reflective of no doubt the background that you had, which was not nearly as multicultural as the city in which you live right now. Where do you think that came from? Uh, well, I think it came... Uh, when I was born, my mother told me, my granny came in and said, oh, Marjorie, that was my mother, too bad, another girl. And <laughs> mom said, don't worry about it. You know, I wanted another girl. But in those days, they really wanted boys. So starting with that sort of background of feeling a woman didn't fit into the power structure. Then I began looking to feel about other people. And I 
in my life, I taught in Jamaica and Kingston uh, for one season and in a black boys high school, which was wonderful. And when I was there, I realized how different our lives were and what we should be doing to help because everybody in that school, I was the only white person, helped me. Uh, you know, you shouldn't say this, so we don't do this here. And that was the beginning of making me feel that, you know, I've got to step out of our little bubble. And uh, that's, I guess, the beginning of it. Hmm. I'm really glad we're doing this interview because I've known you for 25 years, and yet these are things that you and I have never talked about before. And uh, now that I sort of have you beholden to me in an interviewee <laughs> situation, I get to ask this stuff and, and you're answering it. So I, I appreciate this. When you look back on your six years as the chair and the CEO, what TVO accomplishments are you proudest of? Well, first of all, there's three, I guess. First of all, the fact, I think we did refocus everything. We looked through the lens of education in Ontario. And I think that is one. Secondly, the diversity. Now that was coming anyway, with as the, certainly the city changed, but I don't think across the province. And we tried to look at everything from a provincial point of view. And I remember once, I might've said to you even, but we didn't want, say, if you were reporting on a budget, it's great to hear the budget, but we didn't want to hear the same as, uh, say, CBC. We wanted to hear what a move meant for somebody living in North Bay or Sudbury or, you know, wherever. So that kind of diversity. So that was very important. And uh, I guess those were the, the most important things that we did. The ILC which is, I don't know whether you want to get into it, but but it's the online system. They It wasn't with TVO, and they brought it in, which makes total sense. And it was, when you look at what's happening in education today, everything online, I mean, mm -hmm. we were doing that, you know, 20 years ago. And a lot of people didn't know that you could take your whole courses online. I think that was very important. And I had a very good person, Sarah Grazi, who was running that and I think that gained a, a lot of ground at that time. I think yeah, this is the independent learning center where where it didn't matter how old you were or what your circumstances were, you could get your high school certificate all online at the time. Uh, it's something obviously society's been forced into today because of the pandemic, but but TVO was there decades before that. Yeah. What did you not get done that you wish you had got done? Well, that's not hard because I wanted to get all the teachers supporting what we were doing and they weren't we got some teachers obviously to come in on when we were doing something but then sometimes if you were planning some particular program then another bunch might say well we don't agree with that which i understand but you have to come together to get the program you know on the air and uh, now i think they would move you move much further ahead with that and that's very important so as you look back nearly two decades later at your time at TVO, what's the overarching emotion that comes to mind? Pure joy. I loved the people. I guess just joy. I found it intellectually interesting. I found it just a very stimulating experience. And uh, I think, and funny thing, Steve, too, 
I think that uh, Lisa, who who took over after I did, who did so well, I I, I think it's good probably. I the certain time that you're at a place, you give everything, and then I think after like eight years or six years, whatever, maybe the, the big things you can do, you sort of settle in. Oh well, he's a good guy, she's a good girl, blah blah, does well, but maybe you should be thinking somebody else. Or we should be changing things, and that's hard to do if you've been there a long time. And uh, so I'm just happy that I had such an interesting time when I was there, and I hope, I think I did do some good things, mostly keeping it going. Amen to that. That's Isabel Bassett, chair and CEO of TVO from 1999 to 2005. Isabel, it's great to see you again. Great to hear your voice. Please give our best wishes to Ernie Eves. And thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Steve. And that's it for us. This episode of TVO at 50 was produced by Katie O'Connor and Matthew O'Mara. Editing by Donnie Swanson. Research help from Kate Petch, Carol Elder, and Elizabeth Carroll. Our production support coordinators are Jonathan Hallowell and Nikki Ashworth. We've got just two episodes left, so if you want to share your TVO memories, record yourself and email the audio to us using the address TVO at 50 at tvo.org. That's T-V-O-A-T and the numbers 5-0 at tvo.org and we'll play these on future episodes. Next time on the podcast. When Saturday Night at the Movies was launched, it was a pretty bold and spectacular uh, initiative. By, you know, 10 years ago, it was, you know, there were just a plethora of places to watch movies on video monitors. Uh, Netflix was in ascendance and there was really nothing unique. And I, I do believe that when you are in the, the public space, it's incumbent on you to really do things that the private sector isn't doing. I'm Steve Pakin. Bye bye. <laughs>